And this is where predicting the future can be easy, accessible, and almost free to any organization. But there are other technologies that can help you do that in a more structured and accurate and timely manner as well. Hi, and welcome to Helping You Perform. I'm your host, Paul Teasdale. Over a career working with high-performing teams from across the globe, including seven years working with Formula One team McLaren, I've learned a lot about what it takes to drive results. In this weekly podcast series, I'm going to be bringing you tips, tricks, and insights from the world of Formula One that you can apply for your organization for your own high performance. Enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Helping You Perform, where I bring my tips, tricks, insights, and stories from the world of F1 and other high-performing teams and help you take those lessons and accelerate your own performance. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode, episode 54, where I talked about collaboration. And I hope you've got some great collaboration going on in your world, and maybe you've taken some inspiration from that episode. I know I've got some great stuff happening in my world as well, so be on the lookout for that. This week, I wanted to reflect on a question that a client was talking to me about recently. And it's like, what's the value of being able to predict the future? What would it mean to us if we could predict the outcomes that could happen in certain scenarios? How would that help us make better decisions and ultimately perform better? So for this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about F1 and some of the use of predicting the future in the world of F1. But I'm also going to talk about a different end of the spectrum. And I'm going to talk about guessing the weight of cows. So how am I going to connect those two? You're just going to have to listen and find out. So going back to the world of F1, predictive analytics and modeling and simulation. And if you haven't listened, by the way, go back to episode 16, I believe it is, where I talked about F1 technology for non-techies. Predictive analytics is all about understanding the current situation of any given scenario that you've got. Maybe it's your car and how that operates. Maybe it's your business and how that business operates, your factory, your uh, logistics operation, whatever it might be. And then changing some of the inputs so and then running that through the model and seeing what the model predicts the outcomes are going to be. Now, that might be in the case of a car. It might be going back to the starting point of McLaren and its modeling and simulation world, which is looking at the chassis and saying, what would happen? We've modeled this chassis and how the car performs with it is at the moment. What would happen if we changed this chassis to something that was twice as stiff or half the weight or maybe it, you know, half the stiffness, whatever? It, we're going to change some parameter of the thing that we're modeling and see what the model predicts the outcome is going to be. All it's doing is it's taking what it knows right now, and it's running the numbers through and saying, actually, the numbers say, if you do this, then the likely outcome is going to be in this range. It's one of the things I'll always talk to people about when predicting and doing predictive analytics is what's the range. People often focus on just the singular number or the average or the maximum or the minimum of something, but actually understanding the range and the risk that goes along with that range is really important in its own right. So how did we apply some of that predictive modeling to certain situations when I was at McLaren? Well, 
two things come to mind. Firstly, was the major project that I moved all the way up from New Zealand to come over and work for McLaren, this high, glossy, uh, really fancy uh, world of F1, where I could go and work in Woking for supermarket shelf stacking. That was my first project. So I worked on helping them to model and simulate the world of supermarket shelf stacking so that they could predict the likely impacts of various changes that happened in their world. Now, it might not sound that great or that sexy, but ultimately for a business that at the time was spending a billion pounds in labor alone on bringing product to the shelves, if they could make an, a, a difference or if they could predict an area that would have the biggest impact on making a difference to that spend, that's going to be worth a huge amount of money to them. And so we were using that modeling and simulation to predict what would happen if we did things like change the product ranges from 57 varieties of soup down to five, or if we increase shelf space in certain areas or change the ranges in terms of where they were uh, put on the shelves in that supermarket, changing some inputs and running them through the model so that we predicted some outputs. And then we did what was called A to B testing, where we tested scenario A, which is what we do right now, with scenario B, which is changing something. And we understood what the variance was between the two. And when you're talking about those risk levels, you can start to say, do you know what? We don't know the exact number, but it's worth tens of millions of pounds or hundreds of millions of pounds if you get it right. So it gives you some prediction that you can do something about and decide, yep, that's going to be something I want to invest in further. We also worked on other projects in things like oil and gas drilling. So when you've got a planned drilling route and you suddenly come across something that is against the plan, what's the best option? If I change direction, if I sort of pull the drill back and try again, do I just push harder? What are all those different inputs that I could do? And what's the predicted outcome based on everything that I know? And the final example that we did was around airport operations. So you've got planes moving around a certain uh, airfield. And if you know things about how long they take to unload and reload, how long they take to move along the airport runways and, uh, and areas themselves, you can start to say, right, if we made a change here, or if we change the order in which we do things or the priority in which we do things, what would be the impact on how congested this airport operation would be? Where would the pinch points be? Where would we need to invest some further money to make sure that we did this in the most controlled way? So we didn't cause ourselves more problems than we actually trying to fix. So what can this mean to you? Like I'm working with a client at the moment who've got a manufacturing operation and logistics operation. So they've got lots of sort of trucks coming in with uh, with deliveries, lots of trucks going out, taking out the warehousing. They've got the warehouse space to to understand. They've got their manufacturing operation to understand. And they want to think about things like what would happen if we changed the mix of products that we're doing? What would happen if we got a huge order in and we suddenly needed to put on some more shifts? What would that mean to our operation? Where would the pinch points be? And what can we do to predict the impacts so that we can make good decisions that are informed and put us at less risk of things going wrong as we move forward? 
Now, when you've got someone like McLaren or a software house that can actually design something bespoke for you, like we were doing with those airport operations or oil and gas drilling, then you can get something really, really bespoke, really fantastic, high performing, high fidelity, and get the risk level down. Now, that's not always achievable. It's not always applicable. You might not have the time, the resource, um, the capabilities to do that in your organization. But there are things like off-the-shelf options, lots more simulation and modeling um, software that's off-the-shelf. You can literally just go to Google, Google what, what um, soft, software that models and simulates predicts the future for your business. And I'm sure you'll come up with some amazing options that are out there that are off-the-shelf. So you've got that sort of software where you've got pre-made elements that you can just plug and play for your different uh, business. So it might be forklift trucks and how they move. It might be a manufacturing line that is generic that you give the, that uh, model some inputs and some outputs, maybe the production rates, maybe uh, how often it breaks down, things like that. Um, you've got warehouse space and how much you, know, you can predefine how many uh, racks you can put in there or how many pallets you can store. So these models are available at relatively small cost depending on the size of your business, that you can put something together that isn't going to be that high fidelity, but it might well be good enough to help you with the big questions that you've got. So the question comes, what if I don't have that resource, if I don't want to prioritize or spend that resource? What other options have I got? Can I still predict the future if I don't spend a lot of money on this fancy software? And the answer is yes, of course you can. Anyone can predict the future. All you're doing is predicting an outcome as to what is going to happen or is likely to happen in a given scenario. Now, this comes back now to this point of uh, guessing the weight of cows. There's a great exercise you can do where you've got a group of people and you show them a picture of a cow and you get them to sort of guess how much do you think that cow is going to weigh. Record all those answers and then go back and get the average of those uh, answers that people have um, given you. And invariably, most of the time, the average of the group's answers is going to be closer than any one or most of the individuals that are in there. And this is called The Wisdom of Crowds. And there's a great book by a guy called, let me get this right, James Surowiecki, uh, called The Wisdom of Crowds. It's based on this principle itself. It comes back to the, the cow example, goes back to a, an example many years ago where they were doing cow auctions and you know, people were predicting in the, uh, in the audience of these auctions how much a cow was actually going to weigh. Uh, this is quite a few years ago now before they would you know, have like a weigh station uh, for that cow. And they would have little side bets on this and people would start to realize that the the crowd itself or the average of the crowd was getting closer to the actual than most people were actually guessing. So you can use this principle in your business to get many diverse opinions as to what you think is going to happen given a certain change in your organization. So it might be, what if we get a, um, a whole massive order come through or if we lose 50% of our orders? choose some outputs that you want to measure yourself against so what's that going to mean in terms of our warehouse space or in terms of our profit and get a diverse group of people to give their opinion on what they think 
the output is going to be. And once you get, once you start to see the averages and the variation in those opinions, what you're doing there is predicting the future with a given range of understanding. But all of that is based on the knowledge that's inherent in your business. And this is where predicting the future can be easy, accessible, and almost free to any organization. But there are other technologies that can help you do that in a more structured and accurate and timely manner as well. So what I'm trying to get people to do in this episode is think about what are those things that matter to them? What are the inputs that could be changing in your organization? And what outputs are important to you and your business? And think of ways, maybe it's using technology, maybe it's not, of predicting what that outcome is going to be and using those predictions to make better decisions for yourself and your organizations. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I'd love to hear what sort of thing you're applying this thinking to. And as always, if you want to get in touch and connect and have a chat about how this can be of use to your organization, then drop me a line, go to paulteasdale.co.uk, set up that free 30 minutes. Let's have a chat and see if we can't predict the future together. I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Helping You Perform podcast. If you found value in this episode, please take a moment to like, share or review the podcast. You can reach out to me at any time, either through LinkedIn or through my website at www.paulteasdale.co.uk. I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode.